Hey nerds, this is Hector Mirai, and I'm your host for Bible Game for today. And I'm going to jump right in. I find myself often in a place where I only get limited ministry opportunities with people. Sometimes it's the fact that I pastor a church that, you know, is oftentimes a church people go to when they're figuring out where they want to go to church. And, you know, it's like that, the joke people make about dating that, you know, I just take care of them until they find their forever home. I feel like that as a pastor, sometimes that I, I'm the, I'm the in-between church before they find their forever home. Um, I'm just glad they're going. Or sometimes it might be that it's just that I get a chance to have a gospel conversation with people at a Comic-Con. Or that I might get a chance just to interact with people at summer camps or that I speak at or just, you know, I get I get little opportunities here and there to be able to connect with people. But it's not like I get to be a permanent fixture in their life. And so I, I try to think and remind myself, what can I do? How can I pray for them? How can I move forward in a positive way for people that I don't get to actually have a continual relationship with? And one of the passages of scripture that has kind of set the tone for my prayer life for people I get to connect with is a passage in Philippians 1, beginning in verse 9. It says this, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so that's kind of become my, my goal, what I pray for people, you know, I may not know where your life is going. I may not know where you're going to end up. I may not know why God allowed us to actually connect for even a brief period of time in the first place. Heck, for you watching this video or listening to this in audio, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to connect with you again. But what I do know is that this is something that Paul prayed for the Philippians. And it's something that I can pray for you. And it's something that I can pray for others. And when an interaction ends, there's no reason to think that God's done with somebody just because they're not in our bubble anymore. That if he placed them there for a reason, even for a short time, then, you know, we should try and remember them to lift them up and hope that they can arrive at this place where God is leading them. So just breaking down this passage a little bit. It says, this is my prayer for you, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. And one of, one of the things that I've seen so often uh, in the church and in the world of believers is that we can have emotion. 
We can have feeling. We can have passion, but it's not always fueled with knowledge. On the on the inverse, we can have knowledge and no love. But Paul says here, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. And the thing that I know about love, the thing that I know about what scripture teaches us love is, is that the more we have an understanding of who God is, how God is, and how God actually calls us to be, the better equipped we are to love. And if we have a shallow knowledge of what biblical love truly looks like, then we're going to produce a shallow product. And I honestly think that's one of the reasons why so many people have such a negative view of Christian love is because it's based on a Christian love of shallow knowledge, where we have a very limited understanding of God, what God desires and what he actually instructs us, instructs us through his word. And because of that, we produce a shallow product, which is not helpful for anyone. So the more we can grow in knowledge, the more our love can grow. And I think that's a big thing for us to actually make sure we're inputting scripture into our hearts, inputting scripture into our lives so that we can grow in knowledge so that our love can be more effective. It just makes a big difference in that capacity. But it also, you know, in finishing out that sentence that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. And here's the thing and in depth of insight. And we get insight by actually dwelling, meditating, learning on the knowledge that we already have. And actually looking a little bit deeper, asking ourselves about the perspective. Who is this written to? Why was this written? What's the context of this? Because when we do this, and when we have a better understanding of Scripture and the context of what's presented before us, then we're in a better place. Um, I was uh, volunteering with our youth group tonight, and for the last six weeks, we've been doing a Q&A thing where we let our youth group kids uh, write out all their biblical questions or all their life questions, and we respond biblically. And one kid was like, why do I believe what this book says? Why do I believe this? What does this matter? How do I know that this book is true? Couldn't these be stories? Couldn't these be fiction? And I have a young uh, youth ministry team, and they didn't have a lot of the answers in those contexts. But I was able to just come alongside and help provide a little more depth because I had more insight. And that's not a flex on my part. That's just because I've spent more time studying this because I've learned context of things. I was able to answer a little bit more questions and our love will be more effective when it has more insight. When we learn the heart of why things are written, why they're written, who they're written to, how it applies to the big picture context of all of the message of the word of God and the love that we're called to do. Because listen, everything in here is about God loving us and how we're supposed to love others 
through God and how we're supposed to love God through this. And when we learn through insight how that applies, it makes us better equipped. So our love grows when knowledge is applied and abounds and when depth and insight abounds. And that's a, that's a big thing to be able to grow in those areas. Going on to uh, verse 10 says, so that you may be able to discern what is best. There's so many times we come to a place where we just really want someone to tell us what's best. Uh, we want someone to do the heavy lifting for us when it comes to discernment. Uh, we want someone to say, vote this way, do this, watch this, don't watch this. You know, we base what games we'll buy on ratings. We base what movies we watch based on reviews. And there's so many things that we will do because other people tell us what to eat, what not to eat, where to go, all these things. When our love abounds and we're growing in this capacity, we're coming to a place where discerning is going to be a strong requirement. We need to be able to look at our scenarios and not just determine what's good, not just determine what is helpful, not just determine what's enough. Paul is telling them, I need your love to grow and knowledge and insight, but I need you to be able to discern what's best. One of the things I've uh, always told my kids when they do something wrong um, is make better life choices. And I say and it's kind of a jerky thing to say as a dad sometimes. Um, but what I do, not just when they make mistakes, but even before they have an opportunity, like if they're going to do something, if they're going to have opportunities, if they're going to have a chance to do things, I'll say make good life choices before they do anything. I say, hey, here's a reminder. You need to make sure the choice you're making is the right direction you want for your life. And so I'll tell my kids, make good life choices. I even made stickers that said, make good life choices. And, you know, they can take that with them to know that I don't have to be there to tell them what to do in every scenario. But they do know that whatever they do needs to be a good life choice and something that's going to impact their life positively. And that's what Paul is hoping for for the Philippians and honestly what I hope for for the people I get to impact and you know, connect with is that they would learn to discern what is best. Because sometimes y'all, there are so many opportunities that we have where we don't do what's best. We do what's convenient or we do what elevates us. We need to learn to discern what's best. Going on further in that verse, so you'd be able to discern what is best and that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I listen, I'm on, there's nothing pure or blameless in me outside of Jesus anyway. And Paul wanted the Philippians, just like I hope for others that we would be able to stand before Jesus as clean as he's made us without adding any further defamation to the work that he's done. Now we're all going to fail. We're all going to make stupid life choices, but 
it's our his goal and should be our goal that we seek that in following Christ, we should be able to stand before him and show the work that he's done in us. And that's something that comes with obedience. That's something that comes with trust. That's something that comes with actually living out your faith. And so not only should you be able to be, discern what's best, you should be able to stand before him saying, look what God's done and the ways that he's made me new, righteous and clean. Verse 11 says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Fruit isn't just display. Fruit isn't just um, the flower. It is a flower, but you get it me. Fruit isn't just an image. Fruit is a tangible growth that comes from what's been planted. And as we grow in love, as we grow in knowledge, as we grow in depth of insight, as we grow in discerning what's best, there should be things planted in us that bear the fruit of righteousness. And if there are things that are in us that are bearing the fruit of righteousness, it should be something that is tangibly available for the world around us. It's something that should be tangibly impactful to the world around us. But so often people in our lives get the bare version of us where they're not getting fruit from our righteousness. They're getting branches that are stripped and bare because we're not growing and all that we have to offer are shallow, naked branches of our own self-righteousness rather than the righteousness of Christ. He wants better for us. He wants us to be able to display the fruit of righteousness in our lives. And we should have hearts that want that for others. So that's my heart. That's my goal. That's what I long for is that the people I get to meet, to connect with, to encourage that this would be where they can be in their lives. My prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Not, I like that he finishes that sentence to the glory and praise of God. He's like, yeah, listen, you should be able to put a bow on this to say this is all for God. That what we're presenting is like, this is for him. This is his. And that he gets glorified through what we have and what we offer. So here's the deal. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, I'm praying this for you. I'm praying this for you. Praying this for you. Well, I guess whoever is ever on that side of the room as well. I'm praying this for you, and I hope that you'll begin to pray this for me and pray this for others that we can actually become who we're called to be and what God is calling us to do. Thank you for taking a moment just to listen, to be part of this Bible thump, to hear my heart and hopefully encourage your heart. Uh, 
I am Hector with Faith and Fandom. I also did the Pullist podcast, Faith and Fandom 180. I'm all over the place with Love Thy Nerd and the nerd community. Uh, just to let you know a couple things that I have coming up. Uh, Faith and Fandom Book 9 uh, is officially dropped. Uh, it's the newest one in the series. 18 devotional chapters, geeky things abounding. From anime to video games, you don't have to overread any of the other books. You can jump in right there. Or if you want to, you can also read all of the chapters from all nine books for free on our website, faithandfandom.org, in the chapter section. I also have a comic book that is about to drop, uh, should be here in the next week or two, and uh, you'll see more of that if you check out the website. That's cool stuff, too. But I just want to say thank you for taking the time to hear me out, uh, for letting me be part of this. Uh, appreciate you tuning in letting our hearts connect in this process and remember jesus loves you nerds <laughs> <laughs>